0: you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a Pelvis Wellness Warrior. And welcome back to Women's Pelvis Wellness. Today I have a really special guest. Like I say that every time because they're all special. Uh, Savannah Blake is based in Athens, Alabama. Um, And I've actually been to Athens. So that's kind of interesting. Savannah and I actually just met, um, we have one mutual friend on Facebook and she hooked us up because Savannah is, you are a birth educator and you just um, got your, well, you got your certification for birth doula and then, you know, COVID happening shut everything down. So you haven't been able to really utilize that too much, but um, yeah, I'm just going to hand it over to you and just, share with us about yourself and your journey sure so i'm
1: savannah i am a certified birth doula and even though i did just get my certification and make it official i've been in this world of birth and pregnancy and postpartum and all of the things that go along with it for about seven years now it started um, for one i'm the type of person that just needs to know everything about everything about everything that i am going through so when we started when me and my husband started uh trying to have kids um that's where i started researching and fell down the rabbit hole of birth and whatnot and it's such a vast subject that i am still learning things eight years seven or eight years later still learning things um
0: and you probably will forever you know oh yeah
1: Absolutely, especially with like developments and whatnot. But yeah, so I had my own experiences in the system with the OBs and our options. And, you know, I saw parallels between the options that I found on the internet that were possible for some people, but you know, then they weren't available here. And then you get into the research of things of, you know, uh, For example, free birth is a thing and home birth is a thing. But where I live, none of that was an option because for one, midwives were illegal in my state until two years ago. So that a home birth was never an option. Which
0: is ridiculous.
1: Isn't it?
0: A midwife is illegal. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what do you think? was before we were in the hospitals who do you think helped us birth our babies
1: well you know there's such there's so much fear around birth and a lot of that comes from you know yeah birth can be tragic it can be um but it shouldn't be feared it should be respected you know our bodies are made they're literally designed to give birth so And sure, you know, that's not true, universal universally for every single person, but for the vast majority of us, as long as we have the tools and knowledge available to us to help facilitate the process, most of us are going to be completely fine. And, um, so, you know, I just started seeing all these parallels between how things should be and how things actually are. And it got me really riled up because in A lot of instances we're doing more harm than good right. in these regular common practice procedures, you know. For just a quick example, the backline, the standard backline position,
0: does Which more is, harm than good. What is and that? And yet,
1: uh, the backline position to push to give birth and whatnot,
0: they always want you, you know. Flat on your back with your feet up and lying. Okay. I thought you said back line. And I'm like, what is back line? Back lying. Okay, I got it. Yes. Lying on your back when giving birth. Yep. Wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If um if if women were given the opportunity to listen to their bodies and move and get into the position that their bodies are telling them to get into ninety-nine percent of them and of course i just made that statistic up but the vast majority of them are going to do on all fours on their side or standing or squatting right because that just makes sense with gravity and the direction that the
0: vagina goes in well right i mean when you when you're lying on your back you're literally pushing against gravity yep every time for doctor (laughs) convenience it's a great view for the doctor because then they could see everything right completely wrong position most of the time for us
1: yep yeah but see um not only was i fighting the system to get what i wanted as a birthing person myself but i had to fight all of my friends and family as well because you know there's so much misinformation out there and so much fear that really most of it stems from uh media and entertainment you know every birthing scene you see on a movie or on tv show yeah it's like instant and then they're rushing to the hospital everyone's freaking out it's they're, you know it's entertainment so almost always something doesn't go as planned or something Right. (laughs) well
0: i don't remember when i was first pregnant with my son uh 15 years ago because he's 14. um i read a book by dr sears and i know that there are several of them and i don't remember which one Um, but it was the dad of the Sears family. I don't know. Have you heard of them? Mm -mm. Yeah, you should check them out. So anyways, um, he's an OB and his son is an OB. His, I think his wife was a nurse. They all kind of went into the pregnancy, um, pediatric field. And he said in his book that I read when I was pregnant the first time. And of course I can't remember the name of it. Um, I should really look that up. But he said that birth was ruined when men took it out of the homes, away from the mommies and the Grammys and the aunties and put it in a hospital, around men who know nothing about birth. He said that. And it chills sure when you said it.: Yeah, it, I mean, it's 100 percent the truth. They don't Absolutely. What do they know about? You know? I mean, when I was giving birth, my water had been broke for 14 hours. I had been on pitocin for 12 hours, and I was dilated to three. I wasn't allowed to go in the tub because my water was broken and they didn't want anything to go inside the baby or go inside to get to the baby. And I wasn't allowed to squat because they were afraid I was going to push. And that's all I wanted to do. And I I never even dilated to four and ended up with a C-section for all three babies. Yeah.
1: They really, they don't set us up for
0: success. No, no, they don't. Um, and you know, I mean, when when you do that, you know, that they, they have us believe that we can't do it mm-hmm. when we absolutely a hundred percent can do it when supported in the proper way. Um, you know, medications always have a side effect, always, always. have a side effect. <clears throat> and, you know, though in some instances that may be necessary to save a life, it is used much too often. Yes and you know what i do you know working with the pelvis working with postpartum c-section moms you know when that area of our body is cut significantly and not ever rehabbed, we're going to end up with a lot more problems down the road in life Mm -hmm. because of scar tissue because organs are stuck together that shouldn't be so i mean this isn't just you know you know i'm bummed because i had to have surgical pictures instead of fun you know beautiful home birthing pictures this is like am i going to have prolapse and incontinence when i'm 40 50 years old or other much worse you know things
1: oh yeah we've been conditioned to believe that healthy mom and healthy baby you know quote unquote as in we survived with no immediate concerns is our goal when that should be our bottom line we that should just right. be expected you know but right you leave the hospital and women feel like they, or parents feel like they can't complain because, well, at least I have a healthy baby. Yeah. But how traumatic was it for you? Do you need, or do you have like nightmares and stuff? Are you dealing with physical problems that could have been prevented? Are you going to have things that come up later in life? I mean, healthy mom, healthy baby should be our absolute minimum. And, parents should know that if their birthing experience isn't as it should be. And when I say, as it should be, yeah, things arise that you can't control. Yeah. There are surprises that happen sometime, but if you are completely supported the way you should be, you know, okay. I've had obstetric abuse is a thing. And we have normalized it to where, parents don't feel like they can complain. If you feel like you were abused during the process or if you feel like your needs weren't met, like they needed to be, or if you felt like they didn't handle things how they should have, then you should absolutely, you do absolutely have the right to complain, to say something, to raise your hand and be like, Hey, this isn't right. And it shouldn't keep happening. But most of the time we don't do that. We're like, well, at least my baby's alive. So
0: yeah,
1: I should just hush and make the best of the situation.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you hire them. They're not in control of your health care. You are in control of your health care. You hire them. You hire them to do a job, right? Mm -hmm. So they should be doing the job to your specifications. It's just like building a house. It literally is. If you don't like the job that they're doing, find someone else. Yes. You know, because this is, the, you're running the show, you're the boss. This is what I tell my clients all the time, even just in a general massage. I know muscles, but you know your body. You know, I can tell you it takes this much pressure to release this knot. But if it's too much pressure, then it's too much pressure. That's the way it goes. So we have this, we just hand our, healthcare over to the white coats <laughs> and and then and then we're done and, and then we just kind of go through and they don't know us they don't know our bodies we're just on the conveyor belt of yeah what they're
1: doing through the day It's just they're they, i mean i don't want to say that they don't see us as people anymore but i mean i always think back to where i waited tables for six years and there towards the last half of it I didn't see people when I walked up to the table I saw four heads that needed food what food am I going to bring them you know I, I didn't see who they were I didn't see them as people I mean I didn't see them as not
0: people you know I mean yeah. I treated them like everything as else individuals.
1: yeah yeah it just like completely
0: you go on autopilot well, and their hands are tied by insurance again. Oh, for sure. If yeah. you're in if you're in the medical field, if you're in the insurance based medical field, you know, healthcare system, your hands are tied by insurance. You can't go in there and really help people unless the insurance company says it's okay to help people. Mm-hmm. So I have been approached at least by six different insurance companies over the last two and a half years that have wanted to sign me to sign up with them. And I said, no because then you're going to tell me what i can and cannot charge how many times i can see people for what specific ailments you know what kind of therapies i can do with them how much i'm going to get reimbursed and then i have to renegotiate that every single year no Mm -hmm. no i opened my own business so that i could be the boss i don't want people telling me what to do
1: (laughs) right now the whole system goes deeper than just uh the hospital it's absolutely Starts with people who don't even have a clue about anything that's going on in healthcare. It's just you know money and the bottom line. And yeah, well, I mean, most people seem to do okay with this. So this is the only thing we're going to let you do. And Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, right, yeah. And I think, like we were mentioning earlier, there's just this whole we've we've completely done a one eighty, and we need to do another one eighty to get back to Mm -hmm. where we were originally. You know, but. We need, we need to support women. And this is the thing. If you don't, if you choose not to have children, that is hundred percent. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and cause we were talking about fertility and it's like, you know, we, we just have this whole aspect of, okay, you're a woman, you're going to grow up. You're going to get married. You're going to have children. Some women don't want that. And some women can't have that yeah. or whatever medical you know, reasons that they may happen. And that's the other thing too, is that maybe they can have that. But they just don't know which way to go because fertility treatments are the only thing presented to them, like mm-hmm. mainstream medical, you know, IVF, IUIs, medication, is shots, and not very expensive. Insurance. It's very expensive, and again, medications have side effects. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a reason why babies who are born. Via IVF treatments, statistically, are not as healthy, and statistically, you know, they have lower birth weights. They have a lower, um, you know, they have a higher rate of, you know, death. Like they'll say, you know, the national average, I believe, is twenty-six percent that that the IVF procedure will be successful. That just means you get pregnant, but there's only a fourteen percent U.S. average of actually having a, delivering a, a healthy birth, full term so there's a huge gap in there oh yeah wow and it's related to medication
1: i have a massage therapist who does uh reflexology for infertility yeah i thought that was pretty cool because i had never heard of such thing before but you know like they're not alternative methods aren't advertised they aren't put in front of us if someone does hear about them it's usually either through their own research, which means you have to be really motivated to and open-minded to find that kind of stuff, or through the grapevine, to which most people wave it off. But a lot of cases, uh, alternative methods can be more helpful than the
0: drugs. Well, and I always tell people, that's why I like the words collaborative and integrative, because doctors are amazing at what they do, and I can't do what doctors do. And doctors don't do what I do. And I'm amazing at what I do. So if we're really worried and the the outcome is the greatest health of the patient or the mm-hmm. client, then we should all be working together, bringing our expertise together, put our ego at the door and give them what they need instead of saying, my way is the right way. And it's the only right way always, you know, always, that's not the case. And it can never be. That's why, you know, the... The integration, I mean, and it's more than just, you know, me or you and the doctor, you know, chiropractors, acupuncturists, nutritionists. I mean, we have to get the body healthy, the body, the person, you know, before we can worry about, you know, trying to create a life and trying to sustain that life and trying to get that, you know, life into the world and everybody be healthy. So we have to cultivate the garden so that we can have, you know, the bountiful harvest absolutely but yeah so um so share with us just kind of because i know that you've had some experiences and stuff and if you want to share them um you know like client specific clients or your own experiences uh, we'd love to hear well um i can speak on my own experiences for sure Um, i'm not learning into some legal stuff with clients but um <laughs> well, no names you know i mean I, t- I talk about my clients all the time i just never share names so.
1: well um like going back to what you said about how we're grown we were raised with the stigma of as women our job is to get married have children and cultivate that home right and a lot of us get stuck in that and we don't really know how to move past that and i absolutely have experience with that Uh thought I was going to do one thing in life and that didn't work out. And I was like, well, you know what? At least I'm a woman. So I have this to fall back on so I can, you know, have some kids raise them good. And, you know, nobody will think bad or one way or another about me. Right. And, um, so it took us a really long time to get pregnant in the first place. And then when we did, we lost him at 15 weeks gestation and I went into this deep depression of, you know, well, I couldn't make that work. And I couldn't make now I can't make this work, you know, so what can I do in life? And I absolutely agree that we need to get away from the stigma of that. And knowing that being a mother is not your only option. And it is not something that you should feel pressured into doing or feel like that's the only thing you can do or anything like that. Um. Yeah, so that was my experience with that, for one, but you're also talking about how a midwife can facilitate the miscarriage process, which I thought was fascinating because I didn't have that option when I had my miscarriage. I went into the doctor's office. It was just a regular appointment on a regular day. Nothing was going on at all. Uh, they couldn't find a heartbeat, went and had an ultrasound and found that he had passed. So my options were, my doctor told me that my options were to either go home and hope that my body takes care of it, but that they didn't know how long he had been gone, so they didn't know if my body would take care of it. And that may land me in the hospital with a lot of uh, problems. Or I could just leave there and go straight to the hospital, get an epidural, be induced, ta-da, and that was fine. Um, I remember asking, I was like, well, how long do you think that would take? And he was like, ah, just a few hours, which was, I don't know if that was just a terrible guesstimate or (laughs) what, but I ended up being in the hospital for three days. Um, with an epidural that entire time because he had insisted because it would be painful is what he said, and then um, at the end of it I had to have a DNC on top of that which is a surgery so it was a very very traumatic experience for me. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that I had nurses that were rude to me and even mean to me and then I uh, we made the decision on the way on the drive to the hospital that we didn't want to see him and because we already had that image that was you know our personal decision well i we was going to say you
0: don't you don't even have to explain it that's what yeah you decided. You're, you're right yep. yeah you don't have um, to because it's your, that's your <laughs> choice yep
1: so we get to the hospital and they start the processes and everything and the head nurse comes in and sits down with us. And we told him as soon as we got there, we told everybody, we're like, we don't wanna see him, we don't wanna see him. And um, well, she comes and sits down and she's like, I just wanted to talk to you to see if you decided to uh, see him or not. And we were like, no, we decided we don't want to. And well, she continues to go on and explain that if we did decide to see him, she just wanted us to be prepared for what we might see. and goes into deep detail and i'm not i'm going to spare y'all the yeah. <laughs> but it was traumatic just that yeah. one conversation was traumatic and yeah. after we already insisted 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 that we didn't want to and because we were trying to save ourselves a little bit of you know tragedy and um so you know i went through it was a very traumatic experience in my life yeah. and to know that there could have been other options. They need to know that there are other options out there. You know, you can go home and you can have a midwife facilitate and be in the comfort of your own surroundings and your own loved ones who are caring for you and helping you instead
0: of, yeah. Yeah, so the work that I do, the deep visceral work that I do, I mean, I can help a woman, you know, I mean, she's, if she's gone in, you know, she's gone in, it's like okay the baby has passed and you know you're gonna you're you know you're gonna pass and this is the thing your body will 100% take care of that like that I mean it it does what it's supposed to do it's not gonna happen in a day or two I mean it honestly might take a couple of weeks it literally could but your body is made to do that and um, the work that I do can help facilitate that um, you know, the process and kind of get it going because it's such deep work. Um, and so, yeah, I was sharing with Savannah, that that actually happened, you know, with a client of mine, um, on, during her second pregnancy, you know, she did lose him and she 100% trusted her body and let the body take care of it. She called her midwife, the midwife came over and did some external pelvic work on her. And then, um, you know, when she called, to tell the midwife that you know she things were kind of progressing she said it took a i mean she it took about three hours the whole birth process did and you know they had a beautiful little ceremony for him they took a ton of pictures she shared them with me and i was very honored for her to share that experience with me but you know one thing i told her i said and it was a boy and, and i said he existed he's here he matters you know like It may have been a very short few weeks, but she was showing, you know, she was feeling him already because, you know, once you've had one, then you can feel everything sooner because you know what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing. We, we don't talk about miscarriage and we don't talk about, you know, infant death, you know, enough. We don't talk about any female issues, which is why I have this. Yes. Um, And you know, the thing is, it's terribly sad, terribly tragic. But it was also incredibly beautiful and she did it the way she wanted to do it you know and it can be incredibly beautiful in the hospital setting it can be mm-hmm. um, but you have to make sure that you know again nobody should be being rude to you nobody should be abusive of you like you're you're lose you lost a child and now you have to deliver that child knowing yep. you know and like that is a very sensitive thing and if you cannot be a comforting person during that moment then you are in the wrong line of absolutely i'm sorry that i had that experience
1: oh thank you uh, you know I, I believe that everything happens for a reason and for sure I, I have to because you know it helps you reason things and find peace with things and whatnot and we did have a happy ending you know i had a completely healthy um five-year-old boy and two-year-old girl now so and their births, my first was, uh, just your standard epidural hospital birth. But my, my second, my la- or my third, my daughter, hers was a all natural hospital birth. i try, I stayed home as long as I possibly could. I had a doula. We went to the hospital at the very last minute and she was born 45 minutes upon arrival. So it was a beautiful hospital birth you know that is absolutely possible but if you a lot of people just want to leave things to the system and leave things to the nurses and the doctors to facilitate and just you know go here when they tell you to go here move like this when they tell you to move like this um but if it takes a little bit of um taking your own health and birth into your own hands, you know, taking responsibility for it, stepping up and being like, nah, I don't want to be on your conveyor belt. I -hmm. want things that are like this. And you know, my, with my son, uh, it was the standard hospital birth. I, everything went swimmingly. It was fine, you know, Mm -hmm. but I walked away with something missing, you know, and they handed me my child and I was like, Oh, okay. So this, this is that then I'll, i you know, you feel like you, especially yeah, if you I mean, for me, about being a mom. Yeah. They're you all, feel, they're all
0: cleaned off and they're all bundled up. And I mean, I didn't get any of that
1: stuff, you know, it's supposed to be magical, right? You're yeah. supposed to feel this huge shift and it's supposed to be life changing. And people tell you that, um, it's, You see your baby, and you instantly fall in love, and you've never felt anything like it. And um, from my experience, I'm pretty sure people are lying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like that's that's what you're supposed to say, you know. And that's what I said, you know. When after my son was born, I did not feel attached to him or remarkable at all for probably six ish or so months, and I could go into the the theory behind epidurals with causing that but um you know when people ask me is are you just in love and have you ever do you ever think you could love something so much and I was just like yeah no Uh uh-huh yeah about a year later (laughs) yeah but with my daughter um where I didn't have any medication interfering with the endorphins and all of the hormones and the chemicals and the love oxytocin, you know um it was love at first sight and it was like an instant connection and that still that still lasts today and she's two and a half you know Whereas my son i love him of course but it's a different type of connection that yeah um it's hard to explain unless you've understood but i've talked to other people who understand completely because they had that type of birth and then that type of birth and they can relate to those feelings and whatnot um after my daughter was born I literally
0: felt high on life yeah Yeah. weeks probably well and like I said my experience was I had all three by c-section and I can definitely say that for whatever reason it did take me a little bit longer I feel like to bond with my daughter than Mm. either of my boys but I mean I mean not terribly long you know but it, it did it did feel a little bit different but again now that i now that i am aware of what i'm aware of now looking back at that i totally know what that is i totally yeah. know that that was generational inherited mother daughter crap. like
1: yeah. it was it
0: was energy it had nothing to do with anything but an energy that i had inherited from both sides of my family just back generations and so that has been remedied now because i knew i had to do that yeah you know it's funny
1: how your own mother-daughter relationships can heal your own mother-daughter relationships if you let them if you allow them to we can either repeat the patterns of our generations or we can choose to break them and I definitely experienced that as well
0: with my own daughter yeah 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 I mean you know they're incredible little beings boys are too obviously (laughs) they're my favorite I just love them they're so sweet (laughs) <laughs> I'm biased though because they're mine
1: but yeah you know uh, I always said that I wanted boys uh, because they loved their moms no matter what so you don't have to try as hard <laughs> but I I was terrified to have a girl absolutely terrified because there wasn't a positive female relationship in my life ever so uh i was absolutely terrified i was like nothing i do is going to be good enough for her she's never gonna like me we're never gonna have a good bond we're never gonna have a really good relationship but um i came in and i was able to be the person for her that i always wished i had been And so we do have a bond now. And, you know, they say daddy's girl and mama's boy. And I think both my kids gravitate towards me. (laughs) My son is a mama's boy, obviously. But my girl, I have put so much into her, giving her what I always wish I had had as growing up female, you know, because, you know, we're stigmatized. We grow up, you know, oh, you hit like a girl. Oh, you run like a girl. Oh, you whatever, whatever, like a girl, which makes us think that being a girl is bad. Right. So a lot of us, I know I did, I suppressed my femininity for oh. ever, my whole life. I thought I was a tomboy until I had my daughter and wow, I kind of do like dresses and pink, you know, I didn't know because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never gave myself the opportunity because I was
0: always having to prove myself as good as the boys, but. Right. No, I, I, yeah, I, I hear that. That's what I would always say too, that I'm a tomboy. And, and part of it is just that, for like ten years, five years younger than me and five years older than me, those are where the girls are, so like all that in the, I was just all my boy cousins were my age it either had girl cousins that were five years older or five years younger, so I just had boys to play with, so I just always thought it was a tomboy, yeah, I mean I definitely um, as I get older and I'm more comfortable in my own body, I definitely am feeling. Much, much more feminine, and that's the whole point. That's mm-hmm. like we have to get to that. We have to, you know, we have to find our feminine power and mm-hmm. be be have a balanced masculine feminine energy within that feminine power instead of trying to be more man like.
1: We're not men. We're not
0: supposed to be like men, you know. So, and and how however that feels to you? Because I tell people all the time, like there's always male female balance or imbalance in each individual person and in relationships Absolutely. you know and it doesn't matter like you know your sexuality doesn't matter and whatever pronoun you go by doesn't matter there still has to be that masculine feminine balance mm-hmm. um, you know to have a healthy body you know yes. for yeah. sure yeah. they say the
1: energy addictions come from us trying to fill that gap you know that balance yeah yeah we're like toxic relationships and
0: right yeah kind of
1: thing yeah
0: so what so what are you doing right now because i know um i know obviously while covid is on you haven't been seeing patients personally or clients personally with the doula stuff right Mm -hmm. yeah no well
1: if i if i have people come to me then i talk to them i help them how i can all of that but um, you know we'll do a birth plan but hospitals aren't allowing us to come into the hospital just right. yet so we're kind of just sitting around and are you able to, go to the births? system i'm sorry
0: are you able to go to home births
1: if you can find one like i said uh, midwives are midwives were illegal until two years ago so, it's so still, okay yeah it's still super new they've only just even though it was legalized two years ago, it took them about a year of paperwork to settle everything. So people right. are just now starting to look into that as an option, but a lot of people are still terrified of that as an option. So,
0: you well, know, and it's interesting because I follow a few celebrities that have had home births during this whole COVID thing. And I follow several doulas and midwives on social media and they all had an increase in their business because nobody wanted to have their babies in the hospitals right where all of this stuff was happening so yep. they saw a huge influx of um of clients wanting to birth at home
1: yeah or I'm in, in their birthing through. center <laughs> i'm but, out in the country so yeah. we don't have a whole I know i can
0: see the corner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's a little different out here and things are a lot Slower pace to move, we're always the last to get the memo on things
0: that's how I feel but. about central Wisconsin. I feel yeah. like everything's last, <laughs> but there have been um there have been some birthing centers you know popping up here more and more, so that's exciting um it is yeah, it is really exciting. I have a college classmate, and their first baby, yep yeah, was in that they have four kids their first baby was in the hospital, you know the episiotomy the sewing up the epidural all of that stuff the second one they had in a birthing center um the third one they had at home in a birth tub and then the fourth one came so quick that the dad just the dad just took care of it you know and then the midwife got there like an you know 45 minutes later um and then just kind of finished it off but i mean like they were pros by then and she oh yeah i mean she just said that you know it just got more and more beautiful but i mean if she had to do it over again she would never deliver in a hospital
1: right i wouldn't either yeah absolutely
0: not yeah yeah that support i mean and i just remember even being pregnant and going to like lamaze classes it was a joke i remember nothing i learned nothing
1: yeah um it
0: was more just it was kind of just a time for a bunch of pregnant ladies you know to talk about being pregnant and their husbands talking about how crazy their pregnant ladies, their pregnant wives are you know <laughs> that was essentially what it was i mean the breathing was a joke and you know they talk about different birthing positions but then they don't let you do those birthing positions so so messed up it is we we have a lot to be
1: desired still <laughs> we're working on it and yeah. it'll be there it's just slow process and yeah. Uh, thank you for having this podcast because it gives us a chance to spread the message a little bit more, you know, right. push it a little bit further. Right. It really helps for sure.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is, is again, the collaboration and integration, we all can play our part to give, you know, the, to give our patients and our clients the best healthcare to get them the what they deserve. Absolutely. What we all deserve, but we all have to know our part. You know what Mm -hmm. i mean we have to do our part but we have to know our part put down the ego and you know let's just kind of work together and absolutely yeah well savannah do you want to let people know your business name and just kind of how to contact you if they wanted to because i know you're also a yoga instructor and you're a birth educator so you can do some things virtually right
1: yeah i do a confidence coaching as well so yeah (laughs) which sounds completely separate from doula work but oh, the it's more totally it's totally the same you know the yeah. only difference is uh confidence in birth whereas confidence in other things it's just a matter yeah. of where you are in your life but you can find me at water dot co so dot com was taken but dot co and uh I'm on you can all my links are on there and you can find me on Facebook, uh Instagram Twitter YouTube I'm everywhere I'm super easy to get a hold of Awesome.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your experiences and your thoughts with us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in Becoming a Pelvis Wellness Warrior.